Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklin will be delivering a speech this afternoon in Vancouver. Kind of a year-end speech, but I think there's going to be a lot of focus, obviously, on the Bank of Canada Governor. What he has to say about monetary policy going forward into 2023. We just recently got another interest rate hike, 50 basis points. We set a 4.25% heading into 2023. And some hints from the bank that uh, maybe they're, they're done for now, at least on the interest rate side. A big part of the bank's job is not just... You know, meeting its its mandate on inflation and the monetary policy required to get us there. There's a communications role in all of this. And in and, and explaining to Canadians what it is they're trying to do, why they're doing what they're doing, you know, what the problem is we're, we're trying to address. Is the bank of the communications side right? And how important is that to their job? Interesting piece uh, yesterday in the Globe and Mail. Uh, looking at that, that very question, how the Bank of Canada now finally seems to be getting it right, at least on that side. So joining us to talk a bit more about all of this and, and what's changed from a communications point of view of the Bank of Canada. Very pleased to welcome to the program here, Steve Ambler, Professor of Economics, University of Quebec in Montreal. Uh, is uh, also, as mentioned, the uh, co-author of this piece. It's up at uh, Globe and Mail, theglobeandmail.com. And he's David Dodge, Chair in Monetary Policy of the C.D. Howe Institute. Steve, great to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, the mandate for the Bank of Canada is pretty specific in terms of, of inflation, and that's what the bank is focused on. But in your view, where does communication and explaining all of this to Canadians come into play? Um, well, there was a big change in tone in the latest announcement. As you, as you said, they're basically hinting that they may be uh, through hiking for the time being. I think we, we think that the, the problem in the past was they, they seem to be making firm commitments about what they were going to do, uh, almost independent of what was going to be happening in the economy. Uh, for example, late in 2020, when uh, you know, we were just recovering from the pandemic and inflation was still very low, and uh, they basically said, well, we're going to keep interest rates this low, which was 25 basis points instead of 4.25%. Uh, until slack in the economy disappears. Now, by their own measures, which was one of the main things they use is to measure the output gap, which is the difference between uh, GDP and, and full employment output, it's still negative. Now, so if that were the case, you know, the, the, the bank's policy rate would still be at 25 basis points. And we think that it, it may have had something to do with the fact that they were a little bit late starting on their rate hikes. And by being late starting on their rate hikes, that might, might have meant that they would have they've had to go higher for longer than they, they might have been if they'd started earlier. So in terms then of, of the communication side of it, is, has it been a case of maybe the bank just sort of taking more of a, a trust us approach, like trust us, we know what we're doing? Or you know, how incumbent is it on them to, to be level with Canadians and, and transparent with Canadians? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I say, you know, obviously we're living through times of great uncertainty. That's pretty obvious. When the pandemic recession and the recovery from it and the war in Ukraine and everything else uh, just added a whole bunch of uncertainty to how the economy is unfolding. Uh, so I think they should, they need to be upfront about this and uh, do, I mean, what they're doing now is saying, well, what we're going to do next, uh, the next announcement will be in January. Uh, will depend on how things unfold between now and then. Uh, we're going to get a couple of new uh, inflation numbers coming out, and there'll be some uh, labor force numbers coming out as well. Um, we think that actually inflation seems to be coming down perhaps 
a little bit more quickly than some measures would suggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. bank looks at, and that's what their target is, is year-over-year inflation. So, But that's influenced to, has a big influence by what happened more than six months ago, when inflation really was uh, white hot. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's so what some, the- some, yeah, some noticed that. I mean, that you know, the bank's own data seems a little more optimistic than, you know, what the bank has been saying publicly. Yeah, so in terms of, so, you know, I think it's good that they're saying, well, yeah, what we're going to do next is we'll depend on how things unfold. That's the right approach. Uh, but they're still focused in their communication on how persistent inflation is on their, you know, their, their measure that they're trying to target, which is headline inflation, which is kind of a backward-looking number. So we, we, we also suggest that they could uh, be using measures that are slightly more forward-looking, um, and that might actually prepare... Uh, the markets and prepare consumers and other people for, um, you know, uh, uh, at least a temporary halt to, to rate hikes starting in January. In terms then of, you know, where, whether the bank's done enough at this point and the risk of doing too much, you know, as you point out in your piece of inflation continues to fall and if economic conditions prove weaker than forecast, the bank will want to end its tightening cycle so that its policies don't throw the economy into recession. Are they cognizant of that, or are they remaining too narrowly focused on on inflation right now? Oh no, they are, they are cognizant. They're, that's, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their 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 goal is always to it's always to hit inflation with a with a lag. We know that monetary policy has effects that that, that come in with lags, uh, but you know we're 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 seeing we're starting to see the effects of what they did a couple of months ago now. Um, and we're still not sure of how strong the impact is going to be on inflation and also on the economy. As you say, you know, you know if they go too, too high for too long, the, the big risk is throwing the economy into recession. They want to slow the economy, but they certainly want to avoid a recession. And I mean, the tricky thing with inflation, right, is, is it takes some time to measure you know, the impact of these rate hikes. And, and so the bank's got to find that balance between being too aggressive, but also waiting too long to raise interest rates a little bit, wait and see, raise interest rates a little bit, wait and see. Are, are they finding that balance? That's a very good question. Uh, as <laughs> I said before, I think they started too late. Once they started, they've been they've been sort of going uh, hard and heavy at it. Uh, you know, the, 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 the traditionally, uh, it's rare that the bank would actually change the its policy rate by more than 25 basis points, but we've seen 75-point hikes, 50-point hikes. Uh, you know, in, in, in they started hiking in March this year, and we've already seen, a, you know, a total of four percentage points increase. So that's, that's a lot. Um, and as I say, maybe it, we think it's time just to pause and wait and see what's happening. Uh, you know, the bank, the, the bank's interest rates have, have effects, first of all, on uh, expense on people's expenditures that are interest rate sensitive. So you know, we've seen that it already has had a big impact on housing markets uh, and to some extent on things like, uh, I think the prices of um, new and used cars have sort of stabilized uh, and, you know, the supply supply conditions are better for those as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then things percolate more slowly uh, elsewhere in the economy. Now, because one of the last things that unfortunately can be affected is things like food prices. Where I'm, I'm personally a bit 
pessimistic on food prices. I think they're 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 probably among the last sectors to have prices stabilize. But my fingers are crossed, even for food. Right. And, you know, as we get to that point, whenever it is that we get inflation back within that target range, and I don't know if it's the Bank of Canada's challenge or the federal government's challenge, because I think Canadians associate, you know, ending inflation with an end to high prices. But even if we had inflation at, say, 1%, that's still 1% higher than right now. And right now, things are pretty expensive. So do Canadians maybe need to to manage their expectations for what bringing inflation down actually means? It's not going to mean a, a reduction in prices. Oh, absolutely, yes. I mean, as I said, even if, uh, say, food prices were to stabilize, they're, unfortunately for all of us, they're still going to remain high. Um, it's, it's actually very, very rare to actually see overall what's called deflation, where the price index itself falls. That actually did happen for a couple of months, right Right at the beginning of the pandemic. But yes, I mean, even if they uh, are back to hitting their target, what that means is prices will still be going up, but not as quickly. Well, we'll uh, see what uh, the Bank of Canada governor has to say in his speech today and uh, obviously uh, what, what awaits in the new year in terms of monetary policy. Uh, Professor Ambler, appreciate your insight on all of this. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.